It's time to present Scott Coupon to bring you another episode of Finance Your Movie with tips and strategies to help you get your money to tell your story. It's time! Welcome back. Season six, here we are. Thanks, special thanks to Millionaire Flicks for the renewal, and um, it's going to be an exciting season. So let's jump right in. Episode six oh one. This is going to be a season preview of what's to come, along with one of the most important traits film fundraisers must have. But before diving in. I want to give a shout out to Jeff. Um, these are a few of my friends, a few of my clients, people I know who are just crushing it, raising money for their projects. So shout out to Jeff. Um, he just financed his third movie. Um, in fact, in the last three or four months, he financed two movies back to back. And this last one uh, is part of a franchise. It's going to be epic. Um, and I will have Jeff on the show uh, sometime this season to uh, for him to share how he raised this money because um, you can always learn from people who are getting the results that you want to achieve. Uh, big shout out also to Anna Ease, Kristen, and Marie. Uh, these three ladies just got four investors the last few weeks for their groundbreaking documentary. This is an absolutely uh, riveting project that you are definitely going to hear about um, very, very soon. Uh, they'll probably go, in, go into production if the fundraising continues the way it's going. They'll probably start uh, shooting early next year. Uh, shout out also to Anthony, Michael, and Taylor. They have an epic Christmas movie. Um, they took a while to search out for the best script they could possibly option. And uh, they scored a fantastic Christmas script. Um, and they've got a few investors lined up right now. Um, and then Michael, who just got a movie funded last month, um, he's in pre-production right now. He might have another different movie funded by the end of this year. So stay tuned. Um so what do all these people have in common? Well, they all started with amazing projects, meaning every great movie must start with a great story. Uh, whether it's a narrative or a documentary, you got to have a fantastic script or that you're doing a documentary, you got to have an amazing concept and a solid outline. Um, and if you don't have this, there's no sense even starting, right? So I'm just assuming you're starting with a great story. But the one trait all these people have, and I can tell you, not all of them were experienced. Uh, most of them were not salespeople. But the one trait all these people have and had is they were all, they are all decisive. Really? Meaning that um, they just decided that they were all in, 100% committed. You've heard the uh, expression, if you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats behind you. There's no going back. So that decisiveness 
I'm going to break that down a little bit today. And one of my coaches, a guy named J.T. Fox, he's, he was the number one wealth and finance coach, and I'm always learning from him all the time. His big mantra is after you look at all the information, you're analyzing data, you obviously want to make the best, most informed decision, but you get to a certain point where you have to just trust your gut, make the decision, and go. Because too much thinking, too much analysis, you start second-guessing yourself. You start kind of putting some brakes on, especially when you're in this challenging fundraising period, which I always like to say, uh, it's not easy, but it can be very, very simple if you know the process and exactly what to do. But you got to have that kind of draw the line in the sand and saying, okay, we're going forward and there's no turning back. Because like I said, too much thinking, overanalysis, um, hesitation, it will lead to failure. So once you have your, your story, meaning your, your screenplay, your outline, or your concept, you basically also need to decide, once you have your, your killer, perfect project, is this the time? Timing sometimes can, can make or break you. So if you have your project and this is the time, like Nike says, you just do it. That's it. Just do it. Now, a few other decisions that you need to commit to, and um, you can carry this through the entire filmmaking process. This mantra of making a quick decision, being decisive and moving forward, um, that's really valuable through the whole financing, but also that decision-making process is critical, as you, as you know, during your production. You're on set every single minute costs you a lot of money make quick decisions don't hesitate don't look back sometimes you're going to make some bad decisions it's okay you learn from them okay but make decisions fast you don't want to fall into this trap of uh, paralysis by analysis or over and analyzing analyzing things overthinking things okay so here's a couple decisions that you should probably be thinking about too when you're getting ready to do your project. Speaking of decisions, is this finally, is this finally going to be the year? Uh, we're actually November now, so if you're getting ready to start fundraising the beginning of the year, maybe January, or maybe you're halfway through your financing, hopefully I can give you some uh, inspiration, some ideas, some strategies to get you over the hump. But maybe next year, this is finally going to be your, your higher quality feature. If you're one of those people, and I have a lot of filmmaking friends, and I'm not dissing them, but you know you can only do so many $25,000 or $50,000 feature films where you're raising money on Kickstarter, maybe you're doing some money you know, yourself, but maybe this is the year you make the decision I've, I've got my experience. I've proved I can make a feature. I'm going to step it up and do a $250,000 budget. I'm going to do a $750,000 budget. I'm going to, for the first time, have a proper marketing budget. I'm going to have proper legal advice. And I'm going to have a deliverables budget so I can get a higher legitimate 
distributor this time. Because guess what? Anybody can make a film if they're smart for $25,000, but if you don't have all the elements in place, you don't have all the right deliverables, you might just end up with an aggregator. Congratulations, you might be able to get on Google Play, iTunes, and Amazon, but that doesn't mean you're going to make your money back. I have so many friends. Their movies are on um, a couple of these different platforms, and they might make a couple hundred bucks a year. Big whoop. They're not getting money back for their investors. So sometimes if you decide you're going to elevate your budget a little bit to make it a higher quality, a more professional film, in fact, it's it's – it's about the same time to raise that amount of money for a professional one than a schlocky one, right? Maybe this is the year that you make the decision that for the first time you're going to spend one to two hours a day solely on fundraising tax tasks, the fundraising process, a minimum of an hour a day. If you're not doing at least an hour a day on your fundraising, um, you're going to have a tough time raising money. It's the consistency and it's the time committed. Now, I'm not talking about wasting time doing busy work, right? I'm not talking about, well, I'm going to do a little bit of work today to revise my website for the 10th time. Or maybe I'll, uh, I'll spend this morning tweaking my key artwork for the, for the fifth time. Or trying to get likes or shares on social media. You can waste a lot of time on social media that might not necessarily impact investors coming on board. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Or maybe you and your producing partners, you say, oh yeah, let's, um, let's spend a few weeks and let's do a, a preview trailer or a teaser trailer. Guess what? That doesn't guarantee you're going to get investors. So unless you have a whole team of people and all the tools and resources where you can make a trailer for no money, don't waste your money and don't waste your time doing a trailer. You're better off working the fundraising process and actually spending those few weeks getting your first or second investor. Maybe this is the, the time. Maybe this is going to be the year where you make a bold decision to put in the first seed money before you ask other people to risk their money. Hmm, what a concept. You put in a little bit of money yourself before you ask other people to put their money in. Now, I get it. I've been there before. Not all indie filmmakers have money. A lot of them don't have a pot to piss in. But maybe you or one of your producing partners, you put some of the initial development expenses on a credit card, but showing some good faith where you have skin in the game, a little bit of money, can be the fulcrum that gives you leverage when you're reaching out to other people and asking for money. Maybe this is going to be the project, finally, where you don't go in half-ass. You're so committed that you're going to make a decision on this particular film you're going to commit to going all out, meaning you're going to contact 100 or more potential investors, maybe 200, maybe 500. Maybe you don't even set a limit, but you're going to get all of these potential investors on the phone. Maybe that's the commitment. 
that will finally get your project funded to a million dollars or a half a million dollars, whatever your budget is. And by the way, quick side note, you've heard me say this before in previous seasons, if you don't get them on the phone, don't expect them to answer an email or a text and send you a twenty-five dollars or $50,000 check. It doesn't work that way. They've got to hear your, your passion. They have to hear your enthusiasm. Um, I'm not a big uh, believer in big pitches, but just sharing, even in 60 seconds, why you're so passionate about your project, that can move the needle oftentimes to people actually writing a check. Now, FYI, I started a brand new raise myself on a new project. Uh, it's my very first faith-based film I've ever done in 25 years. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, we've been working on it about five or six weeks now. And my wingman, my producing partner, Howard, awesome dude, um, we just got our first investor. And as I go through this process every week, I promise I will share some feedback with you from me being in the trenches raising money right now for my most recent film, what's working and what's not working in real time. Starting with some interesting feedback from this new investor who Howard just sent me an email yesterday. So I'm going to read this. This is straight and I'm going to not share this gentleman's name just to protect him, but this is the email uh, I will read. Howard, just read the contract. I'm in. It's a very straightforward contract, and I really appreciate that. I also checked into Rick and Scott's Twitter feed just to see if we are in the same general alignment on culture, and we appear to be. That gives me more confidence that the film will reflect my values. And there's a nice big check sent along with this message. Hmm. Two important notes here. Let me break this down. Number one, he mentioned the very straightforward contract that he really appreciated. Now, what I, uh, when I first started out, and I'm always learning, I'm always refining the film fundraising process. I'm always making it better. I'm always making it faster. I'm always making it so that uh, the people I share my business plan with, I have a higher percentage of people actually investing. So one of the things I learned over 25 plus years is my very first investor agreement. It was about 12 to 14 pages long. And it's a challenge just to get people to look at a business plan and then sit down and read a 14-page agreement, right? Well, what I found was some of my potential investors on this first film back in 1998 called The Bros, they, sometimes they didn't even call up. They would just email back, said, hey, thanks for the opportunity, Scott. We just had too many questions we can't answer. Um, it's a little confusing. Thank you, but no thank you. So the bottom line is, and here's what I want to press upon you, what, what has been working for me, is I took this 14, 12 to 14 page investor agreement. I spent lots and lots, well over $10,000 over the past 15 years, 
revising and editing and condensing and taking out some paragraphs and some sentences that said the same exact thing two or three different times all over the contract. Why, you know, I asked my lawyers, is this really, really needed to repeat this two or three times? And if it wasn't, I took it out. And I am down now to a four-page investor agreement that is much, much simpler. It's easy to read, like Fred Flintstone English. It's easy to understand. So little things like that can make a difference. Now, the other thing this gentleman said um, about reading our Twitter feeds, uh, Rick and Scott's Twitter feed. Let me talk about social media real quick. And I've said this before. You want to be very cognizant and aware that every time you post something on, I don't care what social media platform or platforms you're using, that can be very, um, it can build up your brand, the brand, your personal brand, uh, as well as the brand of your current film, especially if you're in fundraising mode. So be very, very careful uh, not to put something way, way too politically right or put something way, way, way politically left or something overly religious. Um, Don't go into detail about uh, what the bathroom situation is here. Like, Like there's some crazy stuff in our culture, right? So just be very, very careful and... um, not all the stuff should be shared publicly because people might not align with your values and you might alienate, especially in this toxic, political, negative news culture, you might alienate half your audience just by saying something that, you know, might not be too kosher. I'll just leave it at that. Um, Anyway, the social media posts... I don't go on social media that often, but when I do, I, I, I always am aware how important a picture or anything you write can be towards your brand and your film when you're fundraising. So just be very, very careful about that. Um, and that's enough of that. Like I said, I will share other things as they come up during my fundraising process. I'm doing in real time right now for my current film. Um, got an exciting season ahead and I'm going to be bringing some of these filmmakers I mentioned at the top of this episode. I will be bringing them on as guests as well as a lot of other successful indie filmmakers. And I will be asking them to share with you how they financed your, excuse me, how they financed their movie. So enough rambling for me. I'm really, really excited to dive deep into all this stuff in season six and uh, glad to have you with me on this ride. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. And remember, it's time. There's never been a better time to make your own indie film. And if you have a dream project you're excited about, and 100% committed to getting it funded, go to financeyourmovie.com and click on the green telephone button. You'll see our calendar, and if you find an open spot, grab it. You'll get a one-on-one call 
with me or one of my partners. It will be the best hour you've ever spent getting clarity and strategy towards financing your movie. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.